In today's show, we're looking at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Players who have been added, players who have been dropped. Was that the right move? Players you can add, players you can drop. All of that stuff. Michael Bolton. Michael, there's been some uh, there's been some talk that maybe maybe you, why why aren't you speaking more in the show? Have you got anything else that, that you want to say today? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and on Substack, joshlloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com. Also available at Amazon. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So just an update on what's happening with the break tomorrow for Thanksgiving games. So at the waiver wire show now. There won't be a what to watch for streaming show today because there are no games tomorrow. We'll do our full recap of all 12 games today. There will still be a mailbag for all of you people who A, aren't in the States and aren't traveling uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, and all those of you who want to escape your family for half an hour to type in fantasy basketball questions to a rando on the internet. That'll be available tomorrow at the standard time of 3.30 p.m. Eastern. So 3.30 p.m. Eastern Thursday, there'll be that mailbag show live on YouTube. And then there'll be a streaming or what to watch for show later that day as well. I might have another secret show coming, but I'm not sure about that one at this point. So that's where we're at with the shows with Thanksgiving. Also, happy Thanksgiving to those of you who are celebrating it over in the United States or abroad. But you celebrate it anyway. All right. That'll do it for that long-winded intro. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that laugh did not come out right at all. Try again. (laughs) That's better. Wow, rough start to the morning. All right, let's look at the most added players. Over since we last looked at the most added players, which was yesterday. Number one on that list is Stormin Norman Powell. Powell has been bad all season, with the exception of like the last two games. The last two games, coincidentally or not, you can decide, it's been without Paul George for one and a half of those. And George is out again. And Kawhi is out. And Luke Kennard is out. So... Powell, as we've talked about a lot, what does Norman Powell need to be a good fantasy player? Minutes, usage, and then the shot needs to go in. We can't really control or predict the shot going in, but we can predict the other two things. And with George and Leonard and Kennard out, he's going to get usage and minutes. And that's what's important here. He'll have nights where he shoots well, have nights where he shoots poorly. But he's a great ad for the short term. I just don't see it lasting long term. So he is the most added player, and that is great. And even on a day with 12 games like today, if you added him, he probably does fit in your best 10 players given the circumstances for the Clippers. And that's okay. And we don't know how long Paul George or Kawhi is going to be out this time. So it's, it's okay to grab him. Is adding Paul Reed chasing? Maybe. And the reason why it might be chasing is we cannot trust Glenn Rivers MD. Now, if I was in charge of the Sixers, 
we'd lose a lot of games because I'm not an NBA coach. But I'd also be like, get Montrezl Harrell out of here. In fact, I'd jack him off so hard that he'd have chafing. Get that garbage out of here! Paul Reed would be getting every backup minute and he'd be starting these games. Now, it didn't matter that Harrell started last game. Yeah, Reed played 31 minutes, but did he play those minutes because he's the better player? Or did he play those minutes because he got hot and there was Doc could not have excused not playing him? I reckon it's more the latter. So it's a good stream. All Embiid's out. We also don't know how long Joel Embiid's out, but yeah, it's not this. It's not the standard chase that I'm so against. Usually, it's not like adding Terrence Davis, right? What Paul Reed did with steals and blocks and the absence of of Embiid, like it, it is relatively sustainable. So I don't mind grabbing him. We just got to deal with the um, the doctorate holder, Glenn Rivers, Thad Young. It's not going to last long. That I don't know why people are just adding him now, but. We've still got a chill out. Siakam's still out. He'll be back next week. How about the comments from old mate Nick Nurse on Gary Trent? And Gary and, and Nurse is right on, on Gary Trent. And Nurse does his lot. He's done it to Boucher. He did it to Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Stanley Johnson. He did it in the in the past to Pascal Siakam. He calls these players out in the media all the time. Um, but he's right. He said, if Gary Trent's not getting us deflections and steals, then what good is he? And I say this all the time with, with Trent, as from a fantasy perspective. If he doesn't get your steals, he's actually useless. And Nurse just said the same thing. And you'll be shocked to know his steals are down and his minutes are down. Does that mean that Gary Trent's a drop? Well, I don't have him on any of my rosters because I was not high on him this season, as you're well aware from all my uh, speaking on that. But I think he's probably still worth a hold. But it is trending poorly. We'll see how Trent responds. But it's interesting to hear a coach say those things that, that I say from a fantasy perspective. Hey, if he doesn't get steals, what the hell else he's doing? is he doing? <laughs> that's, that's true. That is true for Gary Trent. Anyway, Dad Young is worth holding for now. Interesting to me that Dennis Smith was the fourth most added player. Yes, last game was really good from Smitty. He put up really good defensive stats, and that's what he does. He, he's a literally an elite guard, elite defensive guard in the NBA. He is. There's, there's no debating that. And LaMelo Ball remains out. I don't know if I'd be prioritizing him massively on a two-game week where their two games are on a 12-game Friday and I think a 14-game, or well, 12-game Wednesday and a 14-game Friday. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I'm not sure I'd waste it. Reggie Jackson's been added. That's just whatever I said for Norman Powell, say for Reggie Jackson. He's on a real hot streak at the moment. I don't trust the shooting like at all. But minutes up, usage up, scoring up, no worries. Chris Boucher, throw it into the same thing as Thad Young. He is off the injury report, Boucher, after missing the last two. He is worth holding or worth grabbing. Now, they are, they only have the two-game week as well, the Raptors. It's a little bit better than Charlotte's because they play Wednesday, then they play Saturday. So there is value there in Boucher. But I, I do expect that when um, yeah, Porter and Siakam are back, maybe next week, that Boucher is not going to be rosterable. Alec Burks. Alec Burks. Yeah, he's going to score. Now, he's not going to fill up every category, but with Cade still out, and we don't know how long that's going to be, um, Burks is a 12-team league grab, so I like people um, grabbing him. And then Lil John Concha. Okay! Yeah, absolutely should be added. At least until Desmond Bain comes back. He's playing 30-plus minutes. He's a better player than Dylan Brooks. And he's producing fantasy value. What more could you ask for from a bloke? He's really, really putting up the, uh, the big, big numbers. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source, number one, number one source for all sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, the World Cup, esports, and more. They've got it at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can also find those at BetOnline as well. Week 12 in the NFL, old mate Zach Wilson, Zach Milfson, as the kids are calling him. Well, I don't know if they're kids, but people are calling him that. Anyway, he, uh, they're six-point favorites against the Bears after he's been benched, and it's big uh, Mike White time. Do you believe that the Jets are six points better than the Bears with Mike White at the helm? Does that improve their odds, not having Zach Wilson in there? We well, can check it all out, all of Week 12 for the NFL over at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's look at the most dropped players in the last day or so for fantasy basketball. Number one is Tyus Jones. He still performed pretty well yesterday, but with Ja Morant back, I, I get it. It's, to- it's totally okay to drop him, even though he did produce well. This one's an obvious one. Maximum Derek. Yep. Brogdon back, Smart back, White gone. Easy. Smart goes out, White comes back in. This is what you do with him all season. Dennis Schroeder. Now, I pushed back on Schroeder being a must-add player a lot on this show because I said I'm not really sure how he gets enough, much like you know with Norman Powell. Does he get enough minutes? Does he get enough usage in the ball in his hands to be useful? Because that's what he needs to actually get into the top 100. And I don't see how that happens. And his numbers are bad at the moment. Um, maybe they improve, but I don't think you need to hold him. Santi Aldama, easiest drop in the world. He should have been dropped three weeks ago. Uh, I'm not really sure why he's still being held onto in as many leagues as he is. Um, if I'm going to have a satisfying jack, like that's, it's going to be it. Get that garbage out of here! DeAndre Jordan. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I had to talk about him as an ad, but you know what? That part of my life is over. The world. Jokic is back, so see you later. People dropping the big stiffy bones, Highland. Now, Highland is out again today. Um, he's all up and down with his uh, roster percentage. I can't fully grasp what his role is. He was playing like 18 minutes a night early in the season, and he pushed it up. He was getting 25 minutes a night. There was blowouts in there. There was injuries in there. His usage was at like 33%. Like, what the hell is real with this guy? I have no idea. I'd probably like to hold just to see what goes on, especially on a 12-game Wednesday when I can probably deal with the fact that he's out. But people aren't aren't buying that. I'm also 100% behind dropping Tom Bryant. There's just not enough there. He's not good enough to begin with, and there's not enough minutes. And then Austin Reeves. Um, yes, I, I get it. LeBron is coming back. Maybe. But Reeves has been really good. And you know, he, he wouldn't be the worst guy to hold on to. There are worse players to hold on to, Santi Aldama, than Austin Reeves, given the way that he is playing and the minutes that he's, he's playing. He's playing Troy Brown pretty easily. And I think that Brown maybe moves to the bench when LeBron comes back and Reeves stays starting. Not that Reeves will put up the same numbers necessarily. But he's playing well. All right, this next list, a reminder of what this list is. Do not drop these players. You don't have to drop these players. I mean, you can. Absolutely, you can. But they're guys, if they're on your roster, I look at them and go, "Mm, I don't know that these are top 150 players as we move forward. So if you need to open up a roster spot for a two-for-one trade, if you need to open up a roster spot because you're bringing someone off the injured list, if you just need to open it up to stream or to grab a hot free agent or to grab an injury replacement player like a John Concha or like a DeAnthony Melton or like a Shake Milton, those guys who pop up when injuries occur, then these are guys you can move on from. The depressed penis Sadiq Bay. not only is he injured, but he's coming off the bench and Isaiah Stewart's going to be back soon. 
Now, Bay was starting when Stewart got hurt, but I imagine Stewart goes straight back in and starts at power forward. And if he's going to start at power forward, and if Bagley and Duran are going to get all of the center minutes, there's not actually that many minutes available for Bay. He might only play 27 a night. He is not that good. I've been very clear about my thoughts on who Bay is as a player and as a fantasy guy across the years. You and plenty of others will disagree with me, and that's totally fine. So I get it if you don't want to hold him. But I don't think he plays 30 minutes coming off the bench. And I don't think he deserves to. Let me rephrase that. I don't think he deserves to based on what I've seen from him as a player. In terms of where this franchise is, nowhere, and where they're trying to get, maybe somewhere. I'd like to see him play to see what, what can he actually fit. But maybe they've seen it for two and a half years and go, yeah, I don't think so with this guy. Maybe. Dylan Brooksy Brooks. Can we give him one as well? Yeah. The world. He's going to take a lot of shots. And if you are punting field goal percentage, I get it. I, I get holding him. But there is going to be a stage in a couple of weeks when Desmond Bain is back, where Brooks, theoretically, is going to be the fourth offensive offensive option. Please. And then he holds no value whatsoever. Jaron Jackson is dominating. Jar Moran is doing his thing. And Bain was killing it too. So Brooks shouldn't take any shots at all. And if he doesn't take shots, then there's no point to him. I do not think, in a point set, like I get it, especially while Bain's out. But long term, when I'm looking long term for category leagues, see you later, Brooksy. Colin Sexton's a droppable play. Now, probably wouldn't just now with Conley out, but is he, is, he, is he good? No, like he's not. And even with Conley out, he did nothing. He played like 28 minutes and did nothing because A, he's not a point guard, B, he's not a good player, and C, he's not a good fantasy player. This is more of a longer-term view we'd like to probably hold because he might have, he might score 20 points on 12 shots next game with seven assists and two steals. Like That is, he can do that. It's more the totality of what he produces and then where the value goes when Conley does return. That makes me think that long-term, I don't want to hold him. But it's just a name to have in, in the back of your head that maybe we hold till Conley's out or to Conley's back and then we see you later. The other one is in a similar boat and that is Mobamba. One, two, three, four, five. The Magic, we assume they're starting to get healthy. Wendell Carter, Paulo Bunkero, who's been upgraded to questionable for Friday. Markel Fultz is back practicing. Yeah, Bumbo will, I expect, be out of the rotation pretty soon. Um, I had someone ask me about his value in a dice. So like, hey, do you think he goes to another team and be a starter? He put up good numbers. I think if he went to another team and was a starter, he would put up good numbers because he does put up good numbers. But I, what team is that? I don't see how that ever happens. He's not good. And you know, while, again, we hold him while Bunkero and Carter are out, when we're looking long-term, he's not a long-term option. The last four here, those are more for category leagues. And you can apply the similar stuff to points leagues with those. The last four are more for points leagues. Max Struess, who was ruled out, then was ruled questionable, then was ruled out again today. He's just not a good points league player. And players are starting to come back. Hero starting to come back. Um, you get other guys coming back. But even with these guys out, like he's not really sniffing the top 100 in a, in a standard Yahoo points league, Struessy. So... While we like streaming him in in situations where a lot of players are out, again, we're looking at long-term value. I don't think the Winter Soldier's a must-hold player. Jaden McDaniels, he was on the waiver wire show the other day. He's just not a good points league guy, and you can do better in that spot. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, similarly, his value in category leagues is also falling. But in a points league, you can do a lot better than holding that guy in. Like Streaming his roster spot gives you significantly more, more value. And the same goes with Grant Williams, whose real value comes from being hyper-efficient. And in a Yahoo points league, that doesn't really matter. Unless you're getting big minutes and big usage, your value in a points league is not really there. And Grant Williams doesn't have big usage at all. While he might shoot 60%, he might do it on four shots or six shots or something. 
It's not enough. And you can do better or find better players in a 12-team points league than Grant Williams, whose value is also going to drop when Rob Williams eventually returns. Let's look at some must-roster players. Kelly, these guys are all available in over 20% of leagues on Yahoo, and I think they're top 100 guys. Kelly, the first four category league ones. Kelly Olenek, well, what are we waiting for? He's available in like 28% of leagues. Uh, 28% of dead leagues, maybe. I don't know. The skepticism around this bloke is amazing. Like, just add him. Like, he should not be on any waiver wires. Josh the Hitman Hart, what are you waiting for? Jalen Suggsy Suggs. Yes, Fultz and Anthony might come back and impact him. He's he's really good at the moment. Now, there are issues with percentages, of course, and there might be drop-off. And I don't know what happens with... But I'm I'm pretty confident that there is a, there is a lot of impetus to develop Suggs and to see how it works. So I don't think he would get benched for a Suggs-Anthony backcourt. I don't think he would get benched for Harris or Ross. I don't think he would keep getting benched for Bowl, to be honest. I think he's going to lock in as a starter. And he has shown enough to me over the last three to four weeks to make me think, yeah, look, this is an NBA caliber starting guard with shooting deficiencies, but that's developing in the right direction. And Mitchell Robinson's available. Now, I don't love Mitchell Robinson as a player, but he's going to start. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. And he's going to be useful. So go and grab him. I don't know what he's sitting there for. In points leagues, Jalen Suggs, we just talked about. John Wall. Yes, he's going to have real issues in category leagues. Bad free throw percentage, bad field goal percentage, turnovers if you care about that thing, low volume threes. But in a points league, his usage is so high and he's getting really good assist numbers that that makes sense. He's like a top 100 sort of points league guy. Points league guy. I think he should be rostered there. The Cockroach, Mason Plumley. Um, yeah, Nick Richards has been good, but he's not taking the job from Plumley anytime soon. Plumley's free throw issue is a concern in category leagues, but you know that. I think he's probably a must roster in all formats, to be honest. And then the big stiffy, who I said has been dropped, Bones Island. I don't know why. I would make sure I go and add him if he was on the wire just to see what happens with him. Guys, I'm going to tell you a story. It's unfortunately, Christopher Christopher in Texas with his summer school stuff, it's sorted. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock, by the way. We've got a new person that we're going to talk about, Jennifer. Do you know Jennifer? Jennifer used to wear multiple shirts and she used to fold toilet paper in her armpits to try and hide the embarrassing sweat. Toilet paper, not tissues, not tissues, not wipes, toilet paper. Jennifer. I know there are better options than toilet paper, even if I'm not talking about the brilliance that is sweat block. You're walking around with toilet paper? At least you're not going to school in the Texas summer like a complete fool. But anyway, Jennifer was able to fix her problem with sweat block. Sweat block wipes have been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 10,000 five-star reviews. Wow, that's a lot. Don't miss this opportunity to try sweat block. And while it might sound like I'm taking the piss, sweat block's great. We've got it here. We use it all the time with summer starting to kick in at some point when it stops raining here. Summer's coming up soon. Like it's really important for me who's under lights. You can't see them, but there's big lights here. It gets hot upstairs in the studio. Um, Yeah, stopping sweat and sweat marks all over myself. It's really important, much like it is for Jennifer and her toilet paper pits. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available at Amazon. Let's look at the hot players. One of these days, I'm going to put the proper hot player list up. I'm not doing it now. We're looking at players who are in the top 100 over the last week and what we need to talk about. Thad Young, we've talked about already. Yuta Watanabe, a lot of people added Yuta. 
and then he got hurt. And yeah, you can go ahead and drop him. He wasn't an ad anyway. He was a streamer on low volume, maybe, but that's it. You can drop him. Austin Reeves, we talked about already. Rui Hachimura is in the top 100. Why? Because he's averaging two steals and shooting 63% over his last two games. And if you know anything about Rui Hachimura, you know that there's no chance of that sticking. So do not bother with that. Like Hachimura can be streamed in on low volume days when you need some scoring punch, but he's not a top 100 player. Don't overreact to those numbers. Grayson Allen. I mean, sure, but also no. He's a good three-point streamer. Um, the scoring is better. He's playing much better than he was at the start of the year, but I, I don't trust it at all, especially with Middleton allegedly returning soon. Timothy John McConnell is up in the top 100 over the last week on the back of really that one big game, and I, I don't trust him to get a 20-minute-a-night role every night. I would not bother adding him whatsoever. Corey Kispert. Now, Kispert's an interesting one because he is an interesting three-point streamer. Like I'd much rather have him than Rui Hachimura. I'd probably rather have him than Grayson Allen as well, um, especially with Hachimura injured and Monty Morris questionable and Brad Beal questionable. Kispert probably got a 30-minute role in him for a couple of games here, and that's at least useful enough when you're looking for some efficient threes with some scoring. He doesn't do too much else, but he can do that. And you want to talk another three-point streamer? Hey, guys, look at the pattern. Three-point streamers. Yuta Watanabe, Corey Kispert, George Niang, Grayson Allen. Remember when we say don't over-prioritize threes in a draft because they're the most streamable category? Guys are always popping up. George Niang, great stuff. Like, he hit seven threes the other day. He hit another four against the Nets yesterday. He's a really, really good shooter. He's turned into an unbelievably good shooter and a key role player. The minute's always going to be high, no. But if Tobias Harris ever misses and they're missing a forward-type player, Yang's going to push into a larger role and be a useful enough three-point streamer. In terms of streaming, for the, there's no games Thursday. Friday is 14 games. I'm not really streaming on that day. The only back-to-back team over the weekend is Saturday, Sunday. It's looking at Mavericks players. Josh Green, Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, JaVale McGee. No, not JaVale McGee. Um, uh, Davis Bertans, if you're looking for three-point streaming as well. They're the only team with that back-to-back on Saturday, Sunday. And some other names to round out the show that are worth talking about. Tari, regular season. Now, the Rockets, sort of poll from Rockets fans, who should start at small forward. The overwhelming number of responses like 60% was KJ Martin and then second was Tari preseason at like 30% and then it was like 2% for Tate and 2% for Gordon not that Steven Silas listens to fan polls but this is where the overwhelming stuff is coming from from the Rockets so Eason's playing well he's getting a lot of steals he was a massive last game um, I think he's worth holding and seeing what they do I, if you as a coach Steven Silas decide to put Jay Sean Tate in over Tari Eason just just take your tie off and hang it up and leave and don't come back to the facility if I was in charge. Just that, that'd be a thing. Uh, that'd be like the note I would leave on his desk. Steven, if you play Tate over Eason, don't even bother coming into work after the game. Like I'll just, just go straight to the car and hand your pass to the guard on the way out. But I don't know that that's how Rafael Stone works. He probably doesn't, to be honest. Probably wouldn't be good management, would it? Um, but Eason is, is worth holding. What about the other rookie? Eggs Benedict Matherin. Humpty Dumpty. I was considering putting him on the droppable players list because... Let's be honest, he's not a very good Category League fantasy player at this point. Free throws, really strong. Scoring, good. Everything else, bad. Look, bad. Rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Three-point volume is not massive. Field goal percentage is below average. He's not a top 150 player this season. And there is scope for him to improve minutes, but the Pacers are playing well. And the reason he doesn't play more minutes... Well, the reason they are good is that he doesn't play those minutes because he's a rookie. He does have these really hot bursts and it gets super high. Your house of highlights, bang, bleacher report, bang. Look at this, 10 points in two minutes. That's great. And then two points in 15 minutes after that that no one shows you. And it's, again, part of deciphering what you see on media, what you see on social media. They'll always highlight the big stuff, right? They will always do it. Look at this game from Benedict Matherin. 
20 points in 12 minutes, rookie unstoppable. He's shooting to the top of the Kia rookie ladder or some bullshit, whatever they put out there. But then they don't talk about him having zero points in the next 15 minutes and failing to contribute anything on defense or do anything. Now, I'm not bashing the guy, but I'm just trying to highlight that you know, when we think about it, man, he seems to be so good this year. Uh, yeah. Has he though? Especially for fantasy, has he been good? And the answer is not really. I would still hold him after all of that diatribe, but I think it is important to recalibrate what you actually know about what he's producing this season. Jalen Duran. And we'll chuck Marvin Bagley in there as well. Duran is clearly better than Marvin Bagley as a prospect, clearly. Is he better than as an encore player? Yes. Is he a good encore player yet? Not really. I, do I have faith in Dwayne Casey to play Duran more minutes than Bagley? Well, my faith is increasing because it has happened, I think, the last three games that Duran's played more than Bagley, at least the last two. I don't think they're going to play much Isaiah Stewart at center, so I don't think Stewart's return will impact that that much. And I don't mind having... In fact, I'd much rather have Duran on my fantasy roster than Marvin Bagley, where I know there's no upside. Seth Curry, he's been added in quite a few spots. Again, three-point streamer, not a 12-team league guy. You want to talk about rookies again? Two more here. Keegan Murray, much like Benedict Mathurin, he's really struggling. He's not really doing much. He's sort of lost. The defensive numbers aren't coming. The rebounds are non-existent. He's never going to get assists, and the usage is not there. I, again, I like to give rookies until the end of November, but we are at the end of November. We're a week away from the end of November. And unless Murray changes my mind pretty significantly in the next week, I think he's going to be a drop. The other guy who's moving the other direction is the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Now there's going to be ups and downs in the rotation. Poku, I think Poku's actually been upgraded to questionable today in Oklahoma City. And I think the Williams-Pokashevsky front court is working pretty well. But even in the games where Williams has been benched, he's playing 28 minutes. Like it's trending up. Look, if he can get 30 minutes a night, that's a clear 12-team league guy. So him and Eason, they're trending up because I think they're really good players. And I think they deserve the minutes. Yeah, Duran, I think he deserves the minutes as well. Guys like Matherin and Murray, they're getting the minutes, but they're not really producing. That's where I go, ooh, ooh, what's happening here? Whereas these other guys, the trajectory is moving forward. And then lastly, just important to note that Shake Milton is still available in certain leagues. He was really just a scoring sort of a player, but I think he needs to be on 12-team league rosters. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, why don't you thumb it up? Leave your comments down below. There's a pregame show going at 6.30 p.m. Eastern today. Go and check me out over there and jump in, ask some questions. Guys, we are done. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.